Great. Thanks, James. Morning, everybody. Yeah, it's James Hint. My name's Paul. I'm one of the elders here as well at Jubilee Church, and it's a great privilege to get to speak this morning. As James said earlier, we're starting a new short series this morning that we're calling uh, Lessons from Lockdown. Uh, and the the purpose of, of this series really is is for each one of us who are elders to uh, get to share on a, on a week about some of the experiences we've had during lockdown, how we found it. Maybe some of that might be helpful in itself, but also we want to share how we feel God's spoken to us, what we feel God has taught us through this time. Really, what we want to do is just be an encouragement and speak about how we want to encourage us as a church going forwards um, over the next number of months. Because as we know, this uh, COVID situation is not going away anytime very soon. So there's been a lot I think I have learnt to be honest during this lockdown time sadly I'm sure these are uh, not one-time lessons but uh, lessons I will need to continue learning I'm sure we can all identify with that but the thing I wanted to speak about this morning is learning to handle negative emotions well I'll be honest with you I have really struggled at times during lockdown, particularly early on. I got to some pretty dark places. I'll happily talk to you about it sometime if you're interested. But suffice to say, it it got pretty rough at times. For anyone who's thinking, but he's an elder. He's not supposed to struggle that badly. Well, yeah, I am an elder, but uh, actually being an elder is, is just a role and a responsibility that I carry before God and for you. It's a responsibility that I take very seriously but it's not fundamentally who I am. Who I am is a bloke, a very imperfect bloke with struggles and sin and insecurity, but also a bloke in the ongoing process of and with a genuine desire to grow in maturity in Christ. More recently, I've been dealing with some family stuff, which I won't go into detail on, but all I'll say is there's some stuff that happened in and to my family when I was growing up the ramifications of which are still very much being felt today. I was reflecting on some of this recently and realised that there are some things, if I think about them, that I'm really sad about. As I was reflecting on this, I kind of thought, well, who could I talk to about? And I ran through a little list in my head of different people I would normally talk to about stuff like this. And I realised, man, they all have stuff that they're dealing with at the moment too. Big stuff. See, lockdown has been hard for for everyone, but I know of many people in the church at the moment who are dealing with big life challenges, often nothing to do with COVID. People who are dealing with pain and grief, the loss of loved ones, close family members, serious physical or mental health challenges, relational difficulties, disappointment due to various things going on in life. Now, I'm not saying anything like this to make anyone feel on the spot, I just thought it would be helpful to acknowledge it because these are things that don't just go away in a day or two. Day or two. Big things like these take time to work through, to process, to allow ourselves to feel properly and fully. They can't be rushed. And then we've all got the continuing stress and uncertainty of at least another six months of lockdown measures. There's a lot going on at the moment. It is, it's a challenging time. It can be stressful. It can be disappointing. It can be scary at times. How do we handle this all well as a community? I just, I thought it might be helpful to speak about it for a bit. In all honesty, I think in Christian circles, certainly in the 
charismatic circles that I've been a part of, in my experience, we're not always that good at dealing with negative emotions. It's like sometimes we don't quite know what we should do with them. Like we don't quite know where they fit in our faith. Maybe having an emphasis on the spirit and joy, good, wonderful things, don't get me wrong. But maybe sometimes we, we think, maybe sometimes we even hear that we should just be joyful and be happy all the time, no matter what's going on in life. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's a full answer. I actually don't think that's very healthy. I've been praying for us a lot during this time. One of the things I've been praying is that when we come back together properly, we are a people of a more robust faith than when we went into lockdown. And I've come to think that this, learning to handle challenge and negative emotions well together as a community, could be one of the ways that God wants to help us grow to have a more rounded, robust, real, earthy faith lived out in the realities of daily life. I'm not in anything I say this morning suggesting that I want us to become just a merely introspective, sad group of people together. Not at all. Okay, we have hope in Jesus through all of these things. But I've been considering over these months that it is precisely this hope in Jesus that should allow us to be able to face and process and deal with negative emotions, sadness, grief, pain, anxiety, disappointment fully not just put a brave face on or ignore them and pretend they're not there. In fact, through lockdown, I've become convinced more than ever that all the answers to suffering and difficulty are in Jesus, the person, the one who we can know. Honestly, if they're not in Jesus, then I just don't think there are answers anywhere. No other religion has a satisfactory answer to suffering and pain. Every other religion's answer is either escapism, just disassociate with emotion and pain and just pretend they're not there, or the end hope is just to sweep it all under the carpet and start again in some way with a blank piece of paper and pretend as if, as if they never happened. But, but then what? That just means that any and all suffering and pain really have no meaning at all. And that is just not enough for me. That just doesn't deal with the depths of the human experience. For me... Jesus is the answer to suffering because in Jesus we have a God who became it. As Isaiah 53 says, he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Who's more deeply acquainted and personally acquainted with my suffering and pain than even I have the capacity to be. And this isn't just in a general sense. At the cross, Jesus bore my griefs, my sorrows, my disappointments, not just people's generally, but mine. And he dealt with them fully. The cross is not about sweeping things under the carpet and pretending they never happen. Rather, all human pain and tragedy has been met head on, tackled and dealt with. The pain and disappointment felt and wept over fully to the very last drop by God himself in Jesus. So often when I think about this stuff, I come back to the words of Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, when he's speaking to Jesus. It's a story in one of the Gospels where there's a big crowd of people following Jesus and Jesus said something difficult, something very hard to hear. And most of the crowd thought, man, I'm not up for that and disappeared, stopped following Jesus. And Jesus turned to his disciples and said, well, what about you? Are you going to go too? And Peter says to Jesus, 
where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. And as I said, so often I come back to those words because they, they resonate me. And that's because I'm convinced that that's true. I'm convinced that the words of eternal life are found in Jesus. I'm convinced that if the answers aren't in Jesus, then there simply aren't any answers. I'm convinced that no matter what happens in life, I actually wouldn't want things to be any other way than that Jesus is the way, the life, the truth and the life. And that all the promises of God find their yes and amen in him. And I am simply called to submit to and trust in him. I honestly don't think I would want it any other way. So there is hope in Jesus. I absolutely believe that. But it is precisely this hope that's meant to give us the courage to face and deal with the challenges and difficulties and negative emotions that we feel head on. Not just jump over them or pretend that they're not there in order to focus in on the hope in some way. If you were climbing Mount Everest, there would be valleys and ravines along the way, but it would be precisely the hope of reaching the summit that would give you the courage to tackle each and every valley and ravine on the way. You would deal with them completely. You'd have to because you're trying to reach the summit. The hope of reaching the summit doesn't give you a jetpack to just fly over them as if they weren't there. Rather, it provides the motivation and the courage to walk through the depths of each and every one, knowing that none of them, even the deepest, darkest ones, are the final destination. I think this is an opportunity for us to learn to deal with these things well together as a community, to weep with those who weep as well as rejoice with those who rejoice. Now, there's, there's so much we could say on all of this stuff, but I only have 15 minutes. So more practically then, what do we do when people are struggling? Well, that depends on whether you're the person struggling or the person trying to help. If you're the person struggling, then the first thing to do is to speak up, to let people know, to be willing to be vulnerable, to not just soldier on on your own. In the context of Jubilee Church, this is worked out most of all in our small groups on a day-to-day -day basis. We would really encourage you to be a part of one. And then we also have a great pastoral team who give further support to people if that's what's needed. If you're the person seeking to help someone who's struggling, then probably the first thing to do is just to sit with people in it. As is often said, this is the one thing that Job's friends got right. First of all, they just sat with Job and they didn't say anything. We need to sit with people and not rush on. If someone's struggling, then probably the most helpful thing to do is just to be present, to let people know they're not on their own, to listen, to understand, to not expect a quick fix, but to allow people to feel what they feel fully. And then we are to seek to lift each other's gaze and vision to Jesus. For those of us who are struggling, we have to be willing to allow people to lift our vision to Jesus. That's not platitudes. When I, early on in lockdown, when I was really struggling, different people were trying to encourage me with truth. And, and it, sometimes I was like, no, I know the answers. All right. That's just not helpful. Don't give me that. I know what the answers are. But actually, there were other times where I listened and allowed people to encourage me, allowed people to lift my gaze to Jesus. And funnily enough, those were the times where it was where I was helped, where my spirits were lifted. So that, that is not the same as platitudes. It's not the same as ignoring pain or just trying to move on. 
rather allowing people to lift our gaze to Jesus is just the beginning of viewing our struggles with the correct perspective. That yes, our pain and anxiety and difficulties are not the end of the story, but just as importantly, here and now, we have a great high priest who understands and identifies with our challenges and pain because he's felt them. And again, not just in a general sense, but yours and mine, actual struggles and pain. And that this great high priest is Emmanuel, God with us. I've been reading a commentary on the book of Matthew recently, and it points out that in Matthew, Matthew is bookended by this promise. Jesus is introduced at his birth as Emmanuel, God with us. And then right at the end, the very last words of the book of Matthew are Jesus's words, where he says, go and make disciples of all nations and behold, I am with you to the end of the age. We're not a self-help club. We are a people of the presence of God, the God who is with us. We are to seek in challenging times to remind one another and lift each other's gaze to Jesus, the God who is with us. My brothers and sisters, we have an opportunity, I believe, and it's one that we should thank God for. It's an opportunity to grow, to have a more robust, earthy faith together. No one is interested in shiny, nice, glossy, shallow, ultimately fake faith. People are looking for answers and they look more intently in times of challenge than in times of ease. This faith that we have been given in the God who has willingly taken on the depths of the human experience, who wept over loved ones who died, who understood the disappointment of being let down by the people closest to him, who has felt and even become every dark and painful emo human emotion to the uttermost, this faith stands up to scrutiny. This faith has answers because it is in a God who has walked our path before us and walks it with us still. As we go forward, let me encourage you, Jesus is enough. If you are struggling, cling to him. He is faithful and true. I am continually learning experientially that he is everything he says he is. Learn to dig deep into him for yourself. And as a community together, let's continue to lift one another up, to lift each other's gaze to Jesus, to draw near to him, to know him truly, to trust him fully. Whatever life brings, he is with us. He is for us. He is our strength and our deliverer and our very present help in times of need. Now, if we were together in Henry Fry, then we would do a response at this moment and I would ask people if they wanted to come forward for prayer. And I imagine that a number of people may well come forward for prayer. However, that's difficult to do at the moment. So I want to suggest two things. First of all, I want to suggest if you're part of a small group and you would like someone to pray with you, then contact someone in your small group today and get them to pray with you. It might have to be online on Zoom or something. It might have to be this evening because of family and things like that. But contact someone in your small group and get them to pray for you. If you're new to us as a church and you would like someone to pray for you, maybe you're not in a small group, maybe you are in a small group, but you just don't feel you have the relationship there, that's fine. If you're in that context, then for today, we have a, a small prayer team. And uh, if you if you want prayer and, and you're in that kind of situation, you can email 
prayer at jubileechurchcoventry.org. The email's on the screen there. Um, and uh, and just, just give me your name and some contact details and someone will contact you to work out a way of praying with you today. Again, that, that will probably have to be online. It might have to be this evening, but we want to be able to pray together today. If you're in that situation, you're gonna email, if you could email within the next hour after this service finishes, that would be really, really helpful. And, uh, and, uh, and someone will get hold of you today to pray. But I do want us to respond in worship together. So uh, Steve's going to lead us with or without a guitar. It doesn't really matter because we're coming to the Lord. Okay, so I just want to encourage you, come to him just as you are, no matter what's going on in your life, whether you're in a good place, whether you're finding things really hard at the moment, let's come to Jesus together. He is everything that we need. <laughs> 